The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. something that many of us tuned in for, set an alarm on our phone for, maybe even got up early for on Sunday morning when the wonderful tenor Andrea Bocelli performed a special solo concert streamed live online from the empty Milan Duomo Cathedral. Millions around the world tuned in for his Music for Hope concert, and we've seen it time and time again, how music has helped people through this pandemic. It's not surprising to those who study it. Our next guest says music has always figured prominently during periods of social turbulence and disruption. Dr. Brian Fota is an assistant professor of music and media studies at the University of Alberta. Brian, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Brian, can you just correct me on how to say your last name? I think I messed it up. Fotu. Uh, you did a good Fautou. job. That's great. Okay, for two. Uh, well, thank you. Um, uh, Brian, what is it that you think... Um, well, first off, did you get up and watch Andrea Bocelli on the weekend? <laughs> um, I did have it uh, playing in the background, actually. Um, my mother-in-law has been staying with us to help with the new baby, and then she had it going, um, playing from her phone. And at the same time, I was actually watching and listening to uh, Neil Young's fireside sessions that he's been hosting off of his website yeah. um, over the last yeah. little while. Yeah, it was. I actually uh, set my alarm to uh, make sure that I got up because I tend to sleep late on the weekends and, and watch it for a half an hour and thought it was, uh, you know, it was stunningly beautiful in a way that uh, that he can do inside that magnificent cathedral. Um, I know millions of people around the world tuned in for it. What is it? What is it about music? What is it that draws people to set their alarm, to tune into YouTube, to, to, to watch something like this right now? Well, there's a few things I would comment on. I think just aside from um, you know, what we heard and saw on the weekend, there's something about music's connection to the brain as it develops and grows and, and music accompanies us through you know, moments of change in our life, and it can be a source of comfort and um, a source of nostalgia. I think the the concert or the performance on the weekend was a great example of something that felt global. Um, everyone could feel connected as it happened, and I think they did a really good job of adding something to it as well. The the streets uh, that we saw through the video footage, um, you know, seeing. The church itself um, through the visual accompaniment it, it paired nicely to music a lot of a lot of those songs being um, those that are quite familiar to a lot of people so I think we had a sense of universality in a performance like that that also indicated how the technologies that we you know most of us have access to at least you know in Canada could help mm-hmm. to facilitate a moment like that it's it's a 
I, I, I think sometimes music is can be like like sport as well. It, it brings us together uh, in in ways that other things uh, sometimes can't. It can make you feel joy. It can make you feel happy. It can make you feel sad. It can take you back in time, as you mentioned. Um, you know, you could be too long in your life and then you hear something uh, there's a, a Trisha Yearwood song called the song remembers when and it's like you might not have heard it uh, a song forever but you hear it one time and it takes you back to that exact moment I mean it, it is it is so powerful but this is I thought and, I, and I'm thinking with a lot of the artists out there right now with what they're doing whether they're streaming whether they're doing the online stuff whatever it is it's it's a way to find joy and maybe spread some joy when maybe there's not a lot out there what do you think yeah no that's absolutely right i think it's a way of feeling like you're participating in you know something that might be local it might feel a little more national or something like on the weekends it may feel a little more global um you know music's connected to our our own identity in different ways often you know those sort of coming of age stories or um (laughs) when you go through high school and the brain is developing quite rapidly it's often the music that you experience between the ages of about i think it's 12 or 13 to about 22 often sticks with you um, quite prominently so there's different ways of forming a sense of yourself but also a way of making friends of feeling connected to space and place music's also a little different than film and tv right we might hear about people who are binging shows on netflix but if this continues forward for some time the the style of production behind film and video is going to mean something a little different than that of music where music's a little bit more instant and it's easier to record something or make something at home that you can share a little bit more quickly um so i think it's unique at this moment not only in terms of you know having um access to stuff that's already out there you know your favorite records or what have you but also things like the radio or streaming services where you can also get a sense of new music that's coming out too or um, to watch these new performances that a lot of artists are who are able to the artists that um, you know found ways to to connect at this time were able to experience that as well Brian it's interesting you have said in a in an article that I read recently that music has always figured prominently during periods of social turbulence or disruption it was a defining feature of the social revolution of the 1960s and also brought solace during times of war and I mean you know if we start at the 60s that's something but we can go back centuries mm-hmm. and centuries to see how uh, music and social disturbance were tied together can't we oh for sure I think there's a way that music can be you know a voice to express um, things that are happening in in culture um it can be a way of people you know finding a way to you know belong or to overcome in in ways that are often symbolic you know i i use the example of something like the subcultures of the 70s where you get uh-huh. genres like punk music that are um, you know, allow for more amateur participation. Um, so it's a, a mode of expression that doesn't really require professionalization and it, it brings people together. It can be angry. It can stand for something. You know, hip hop has been that for some decades now too. But of course, we also have songs that, you know, find ways of connecting to a lot of people 
at at moments of of social change or during difficult times right there's all these wartime crooners for instance that wrote songs whether in the uk or, or canada or even in the u.s songs that that were played a lot through things like public radio stations and and people yeah. would listen to that and and tune in and it would be a way of bringing people together not unlike even the um, broadcasts we're getting now from either the prime minister in canada or in other national contexts you may have something similar where you know every day at the same time there's going to be some sort of update um, music has done something similar in in the past too yeah, and, and you think, and I, you talk about punk, and I can remember, you know, listening to the Sex Pistols, I think, in the early 80s when I was an angsty, you know, teenager and mm-hmm. not really knowing much about it, but it kind of fit my the mood that I was in at the time. But if you go further back and you think about, you know, the civil rights movement and the music that came along there and freedom oh, yeah. songs, and we were in, um, in New Orleans in January and we were at uh, Congo Square and, and learning about the, the history there about you know this was the day off that the that the slaves were allowed to gather together and play music and the music that came out of that spot really defined has led to so many genres um in music that we now know and love today and again social disruption uh, at that time it's, it's fascinating you have a fascinating line of work there brian i have to tell you yeah no it's great and that's something that like you know, even talking about the 60s, um, you know, so much of that music was, in, in many ways, appropriating a lot of um, blues music and rhythm and blues music that was mm-hmm. all about a history of oppression and um, you know songs that accompanied people while they were in positions of, of uh, you know in positions of relative disempowerment. Um, so there's that connection between um, struggle in many ways and and what that does and it can become uh, through voice and through instruments and through connecting with audiences in in a variety of ways over time Um, these, these are really powerful things you, um, as we as we take a look at the artists out there right now who are putting on these live streams, I don't know, I'm thinking Garth, Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood doing it on Facebook and then doing it, turning it around and, and putting it on TV. I saw a smaller one that was, uh, you know, right out of... Uh Right out of Alberta, which was fantastic. Brett Kissel's doing his live streams. All of these, all of these, and you know, Rolling Stone magazine leading the charge. You were talking about uh, the one that you were uh, watching as well. This is all fine and dandy, but how are these artists making money? Yeah, this is a big, a big issue. Um, and I just saw. And, gonna, and, and let me just say that, Brian. There's going to be people, people out there saying, you know, who gives a crap? They've they've got millions upon billions of dollars, as it is. But I guess I maybe I'm looking at some of these artists who are up and coming, who are just starting out, who don't have, you know, Garth Brooks billions, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think so. On even the level of of the artists that are a little bit more established, you know, they do tend to, to do okay through things like streaming services and their royalties are, are decent. So they have a little bit more leeway when it comes to throwing something up online as a nice way of connecting to their audiences. But you might have seen today that they um, just put out some news uh, story around the fact that it might be very unlikely that we'll have mass gatherings um, until the fall of 2021 no matter what mm-hmm. else might happen in in our day-to-day lives the sort of mass gathering that goes with live music could be postponed longer than 
you know, some of the other things we might get sooner than that, perhaps. So that's going to take a major toll on the bottom line and the, the sort of income that artists receive. And when we work our way down to the mid-career, the independent artists, they really do depend on those live shows for income and things like showcases, yeah. um, Canadian Music Week, South by Southwest, these big places and festivals where up-and-coming bands can connect to other people in the industry. So without that, we're really only relying on radio and streaming services, um, other online tools like Bandcamp. Some of these are more lucrative than others. Um, you know, uh, you might be familiar with uh, the very low per stream rate that something like Spotify pays. It's about yeah. 0 0.00437 per stream. <laughs> so without those live shows, a lot of artists aren't really um, getting by and, and some are adapting and finding ways to maybe set up virtual tip jars or Patreon and GoFundMe. Um, but others may not be able to do that. They might not be in a position to do that. They might be facing uh, mental health challenges or, or other things that aren't allowing them to participate in the same way as a Garth Brooks or a Neil Young might be yeah. able to. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. I'm almost out of time here, uh, Brian, but before I let you go, you're a musician. I think you're a drummer if I um, checked out your Twitter account properly. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a piece of music that you turn to? Um well, that puts a smile on your face. I suspect you have a number of them, but do you have one that is uh, that is the one for you? You know, in terms of the one, that's tough. I mean, I've been going back to a lot of stuff that um, I like from the past, but also seems to sort of fit with the current moment. I was listening to a lot of Nine Inch Nails there for a little while. <laughs> um, some more, there's a, an artist, Jason Molina, who was in a band uh, for a while, Songs Ohio, and I've been kind of going back to a lot of his music, and it's the sort of stuff that's, you know, it, it's comforting, it's not really entirely uplifting, but it, it does something for me that uh, yeah. makes me feel better, and um, it helps me to, to work when I need to, and to focus a little bit, and, and that's been a bit of a challenge over the last little while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that that's sort of where I've been, and, and um, you know, trying to find music that's uplifting to you know get out for walks and, and exercise as much as i can right now as well because that uh, really helps me to to focus and and uh, feel good as well so dr brian photo joining us this afternoon thank you so much for taking the time i appreciate it and appreciate your insight into this thank you yeah thanks for having me Jaden. All right, take care. Um, yeah, and he is uh, Assistant Professor of Music and Media Studies at the University of Alberta.